everyone, and welcome to the podcast, All Kidding Aside. I'm your host, Crystal Bartelzi. This is the podcast where we talk to all kinds of women, women who are moms, non-moms, women who have not decided yet. And we're doing a special Fringe edition. It's actually World Fringe Day. Happy Fringe 70. So I'm sitting down with two of my favorite Fringe performers, uh, both amazing touring artists. Um, so to begin, we have one of New Zealand's treasures. Penny Ashton is an award-winning performer, solo artist, singer who has smashing success with her literary solo shows, Promise and Promiscuity. And currently, she's performing her latest show, Olive Copperbottom, a new musical by herself and Charles Dickens. She's been gaining sold-out houses, awards, and air miles as she travels the globe with these award-winning shows. Welcome, Penny. Hello. And I also have Deanna Fleischer, who's a comedy artist, teacher, and director devoted to audience inclusion. She's the founder of Naked Comedy Lab and the star of the award-winning solo show, but Kempinski, both amazing shows. Welcome, Deanna. Hi. Hi, how are you? Okay. <laughs> All right. And both these ladies are also, um, they have played at the Edinburgh Festival, and Deanna is going back again. Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, Edinburgh. Yeah, not the festival. Okay. We wish. Okay. Then we get paid. There we go. <laughs> so I just wanted to have you guys on here. We were sitting the other night just having a few drinks when you guys arrived, and we were sort of talking about touring and about marriage and about partners, about having kids or not kids. So both of you... My understanding, you have no kids that you know of. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I haven't gone there yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and was that for both of you, and either one of you can answer, was that a decision you had always um, you had made from an early age, like you knew you never wanted to have kids, or was it something that you thought would be in your life? I think when I was at an early age, I thought I would have kids. I don't think the idea of not having kids was a thing. Okay, and for you, Penny? I was pretty sure that I didn't. I've always been pretty sure that I didn't, but I wasn't 100% sure. And then I was like at a point where I was a bit ambivalent, which I don't know if is a good thing or a bad thing, but I was like, if I meet a man that that's all he's ever wanted, then maybe I'm open to the idea, but I don't think I do. And then my husband was as ambivalent as I was. And then sometimes we'll be just at the drop of a hat, go out at night, have dinner, go to a movie and just go, yay, no kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so that's, yeah. So that's how my approach to it. Yeah. Okay. And did, um, was there a period, Dan, I guess you kind of said this, is there a period where you guys can recall your biological clock ticking? Not for me. No, I was single for a really long time. So about nine years in one stretch. And a lot of my friends were sort of like, ah, I need to find a man and, and his semen. Um, but I was never like that, which I was, I was grateful for. And, you know, I wasn't judging them, but I was just happy that I did not have that urge, which added this extra urgency mm-hmm. to not, you know, finding a man. I also never had a feeling in my body like I needed to have a baby. All right. So um, are you guys both at the point? I'm not going to disclose your age. You can do that if you want. But are you guys both at the point where you feel like you're not going to have kids? Like, oh, yeah. Or is there still going to be? No. Maybe? I'm 43 oh, and, you know, that, the, that the eggs are decaying as we speak. And no. I think that that's a harder thing. I think probably not. Okay. Is it what about was um, adoption ever an option or something you considered? Yes, I'm interested in both adoption and, and potentially fostering. Okay, because that's something I'm interested in as well. But. Yeah. Fostering is very selfless. I think I'm too selfish. I don't know, like with the touring, it's difficult. Yeah. Like I don't anticipate this stopping anytime soon, though next year I think I want to take it a bit easier. But I think I'm too transient and I think that sort of thing is you have to just focus so much on these because a lot of these kids really need that constant love. So I think if, you know... I'm not ready for that, but I think it's amazing if you are. Well, I don't think I'm ready for it right now. Yeah. But I mean, I think that that's something that it seems important to me to have children in my life. 
Mm-hmm. I do enjoy my niece and nephew very much. Yes. It is funny because a lot of people just assume I hate kids. Well, that's what people assume when you yeah. don't have children. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, 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 sorry, I'll get rid of them. Well, you know, and it's like, no, no, I, I enjoy I'm actually not bad with them. You know, I've done some kids shows. Um, but, and I just like it when I can leave mm-hmm. because sometimes they do drive me crazy. And, um, and Deanna, you do a lot of teaching as well. Do you do teaching too, Penny? I have taught yeah. theatre sports and prof okay. in high schools. Okay. Um, but I don't think teaching is my forte. Okay. Because <laughs> Deanna is a, I know, she's a brilliant teacher and a facilitator. And do you feel that that kind of, I don't know, replaces maybe your own child that you get to work with so many different people? Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I think that the procreative whatever the energy that comes into my teaching and probably to some extent my performing, like definitely it's that same, it's that same energy. It just gets spread around a lot more. And I also think that it's a lot less, I don't want to say valued, but I I think that it's not, it's not seen in the same way Mm -hmm. as producing a child. Um, But I think that it is the same frequency. Which is interesting because, you know, a lot of people just dismiss housewives. They're like, you know, oh, that you're just raising children, which is incredibly important. But yet at the same time, if you don't have children, then you're often valued less as a woman and your choices. You know, like if somebody dies, they're always like, they were a mother and it's like yeah. so much worse, yeah. you know, which, you know, and I do feel that. Like if you, if you, I can't imagine what it's like to have your mother die at a young age. But, you know, that's always sort of highlighted as yes. if we're not quite as important. Okay. I mean, it's amazing. Like I think about the, I think about the origin of Mother's Day. Do you have Mother's Day in Canada? Yeah, we do. I is it the same I, I origin? The same. What's I mean, that woman that hated it? The origin of the United States was that Woodrow Wilson was president before World War One, and women wanted the vote. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm not giving you little ladies the vote, but I'll give you Mother's Day. Like Mother's Day was basically a consolation prize before women got the vote. So I find it fascinating and, you know, my mother doesn't want to hear that, you know, and I think probably a lot of mothers don't want to hear that because they want to be, they want a day in which they're recognized and, and everybody wants, should, deserves a day in which they're recognized for hard things that they do and choices they make. But I think that it's, sometimes I, I wonder about the amount of energy that goes into like valuing like a mother or this or that, because I don't know about you, but like a lot of the friends that I have that are mothers I'm not going to say they're conflicted about it. They say it's the best thing that's ever happened to them, blah, blah, blah. But I also see that they've had to make life choices where they have not gotten everything they wanted. Oh, massive. Yeah. Massive. I, I talk about that a lot. Like, that's one of my fears of, you know, mm. becoming a mom is a, how much I'd have to give up. Yeah. That sounds selfish. So sometimes that, I think know. of it as like, like overkill a little bit in mm-hmm. terms of the, like, oh, but she's a mother. Yeah. Like make way for mothers. Yeah. Because they are going around doubting their life choices. How do you guys feel on Mother's Day? Do you remember like that reaction you have? I mean, obviously you're celebrating your own mother, but... I just would like to say that yeah, New yeah. Zealand was the first country to give women the vote in 1893. Oh, well okay. done. There yes, we go. I'm just going to well get that in there. Done. And yeah. we have a New Zealander oh. saying that. Yes, That's very indeed. special. Indeed. Oh. And actually, we had universal suffrage for women, too. So I'm pretty sure Native women and oh. white women at the same time got the vote. So Go anyway. New Zealand. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, I remember, for, for me, Mother's Day, yeah, it's just all about my mom. And yeah. I remember when my sister had kids and then suddenly was getting things on Mother's Day and also going to visit mom. So they'd be like, her children would go because she lives in the same place as my parents. Mm. And, you know, it was like, oh, that's like, it's a whole different Mother's Day thing for her now. She gets her own little macaroni um, (laughs) art project um, as well as, you know, going to visit my mother. But, yeah, for me it's just all about my mum, which I'm happy for because my mum's great. So do you guys ever feel judged for not being a mum? Like, 
do people judge you or, or, the, or I guess the reaction when people say, oh, how many kids do you have? Or do, you have do you have children? You say, no, I don't. Do you know what? I don't get that much. I, I felt like it more before I would turn 40. That was one thing about turning 40 that everyone just stopped asking, oh, which yeah? was pleasing. Okay. There was a yeah. different. Which got me too when I was younger. Everyone was like, oh, you'll change your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. my ovaries are like, ah, I want some children now. But it's like, no, I, you know, and, and condescending, you know, sort of a little bit. But I haven't felt, I think because my life is pretty transient and people are generally quite amazed when you can say that you can travel the world doing theatre and make a living. I'm going to get to that more. Yeah, that they just sort of like, I I don't feel too judged personally. Did you ever have an experience, Dan, or do you still feel that now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I I, I still feel that all the time where people constantly asking, when are you having kids, which is nobody's business. I don't think people are constantly asking me that because I don't, I guess I'm not in, in worlds where... I think there's a lot of pain. I think some of that pain comes from me and maybe some of that pain comes from other people. It's like hard to know where the pain comes from. But I think that that, I think that that choice to have kids or not to have kids, um, is just a really hot button thing. And that hot energy just kind of follows you around if you're somebody who's made a different choice. Do you guys have a lot of friends that have children or again, that's not in your yep. circle? Yep. You do. Yeah. Yep. A lot of friends that have kids. Not so much in Auckland, which is interesting where I live, but where I'm from, Christchurch, Mm -hmm. uh, quite a few, and a few in Auckland as well. And I have some friends, they say a whole thing about they're so conflicted, like, because, you know, because of the biological nature of breastfeeding, a lot of them are the ones that stay at home and whose careers go on the back burner. Interestingly, my sister, who had trouble breastfeeding, um, was the, my, my, um, brother-in-law was the stay-at-home dad. And actually he loved it so much that he's become a primary, I mean, a pre-primary teacher, mm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my other friends, yeah, they're really like, oh, my career, I feel I'm just a milk machine. I want to use my brain again, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, which has been interesting. But yeah, I've got quite a few in my life. But you were alluding to as well, you were saying, you know, a lot of mothers, obviously they love being mothers, but some of them also talk a lot about the hardship of it or how crazy it is or, you know, which I hear a lot about as well. Right. I, I talked earlier in an episode about, you know, with my husband and I, people don't sell it to us all the time. You know, they mm. complain, complain, complain. And then they say to us, when are you having kids? We're like, you have <laughs> That's you been know, my experience too. To Mostly I, it doesn't feel like it's being sold to me in any way, except like in, you know, I don't watch, I don't have a television. And one of the reasons I don't have a television is because I think that like commercials really sell mm-hmm. uh, family and yeah. they sell a very specific kind of family. And I think there's reasons why there's a lot of capitalist reasons why they're selling that concept of a family. Um, but that's the most sort of glorified and, and in movies, sometimes in, in movies, I think the concept of like parenthood and having children is really, can be really sold to you. I remember when I got old enough, suddenly I was getting auditions for commercials as mothers. Yeah. And I was like, holy (laughs) shit. You know, I was just like, when did that happen? You know, like, and I guess I was probably just 30 or so. Uh, and now I just really? don't I get- thought it was younger even. Like well, I remember getting that way too young. I just don't really get auditions now because I'm over 40. So there we go. <laughs> but but you had to, yeah. So you that was the. It was like a real like, oh shit. And I remember now I talk to like young people who are like 21 and I'm like, man, I could have actually given birth to you and it wouldn't have been all that irresponsible. You know, will start getting offensive when you get the grandma auditions. That's, that's oh, when, Jesus Christ. You know, yeah. That's hopefully when, not that's for a, I'll shed a tear. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that's a ways away. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being a grandmother. No, not at all. But, yeah. but you were mentioning family. So how does family play a role 
in oh. your life? Because I also say, like, you know, I have my family or my husband and I are family, but I feel that family, the definition is often with your well, own children. It, it was funny. When I turned 30, all of a sudden, my dad flipped a switch. My mom has always been like, that's her choice. She doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you know, it's funny because parents don't understand not wanting to procreate for the most part because they wanted to. So they don't quite get when you don't want to. But my mom has always been good. But my dad... <laughs> Considering we can swear, which is good when I'm talking about my dad, um, we were at a party once and there was this baby crawling around the floor and he picked it up. It was that wasn't just a random; it was a friend's baby, and that he'd never met before. But he picks this baby up and is carrying it around, and I was like, "What is happening?" And he joined our group and he went, "At this rate, I'm destined to be grandfather of fucking nothing." <laughs> And I was just like, what? That was the first time he ever said anything. And then, and he's actually been a little relentless. Every time, like, I'm around with my niece and nephew, don't you want one of these? Don't you want one of these? So he's been pressuring you. Yeah, but I'm like, it's funny because I'm not, I'm quite staunch. Mm. And like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. You know, sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's amusing, but it is a little irritating, but it is mainly amusing. And I think he just does it to get a rise out of me anyway. But nobody else in my family is okay. really pushing the issue, particularly my mother, which is nice. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, usually it comes often from yeah, my mother. exactly. I can't even believe I'm doing this podcast right now. Like, <laughs> it's the worst thing I could possibly be doing. Okay. I mean, it's fine. Like, I'm here, we're all yeah. here, and it's really nice to, like, hear you guys talk, and I'm present and everything. But it's just, like, I think I probably agreed to do this on a day where it's, like, where I felt better. Okay. <laughs> No, I mean, we don't have to stop it. I'm just like, I'm going to cry. Okay. That's okay. I mean, it's fine, but like, that's just where I'm going to be about it. Okay. No, totally. And you, you've had quite the, uh, the journey getting here and, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot, which I'm going to get to now, if that's okay. And you can just sit and listen, Deanna, but cause touring takes <laughs> fucking, it beats the shit out of you, uh, which you're going through right now. I'm, you know, and I went through like two days ago. We're currently so. in the Toronto fringe. I'm not involved in the fringe this year other than supporting shows and everything, but you guys have a lot, there's a lot going on yeah. and, uh, there's a lot of shows and there's a lot of running around and when a, freaking prop breaks it's a problem so yeah of course it snapped yesterday okay so that's yeah so so maybe just to on that topic is that one of the reasons of not having the choice of having children because you can't imagine touring for me it's not even about that i just can't imagine having children Mm -hmm. like my life is what it is which i love you know like tripping around the world but for me like from a young age i've been pretty sure i didn't want because what do you think, like, there are a lot of women and people that are touring with children, you know? There's not that many, though. You don't think? No. no. Like, you you know, people like, I think, like, Alex, when she had yeah. her child, she sort of stopped touring, is that right? Well, she does have a lot of stories. We're talking about Alex Dallas of, of touring or bringing her yeah. child on the road. I don't know her very well, okay. but I just know that, like, of my friends, a lot of time when they've had children, they've stopped for a bit, you know, which is understandable. Some people take their kids on the road, but it's not that common. Okay. I don't think. Okay. So you would you feel you would have to stop touring? For at least, yeah. you know, a while. And also then there's something about, like, you know, I've my one of my bridesmaids was my friend since I was two. Mm-hmm. So if we'd been transient a lot, I feel like I would have missed out that bedding in of friend. But, you know, I know this ha- a lot of people do this, like army brats, et cetera, travel around yeah. a lot. But I was quite happy to be in an area to get some stability for myself as a young person. Okay. So I think I'd want to have that for my children. But, like, it's really difficult for me to say because I've just never imagined myself 
having children. You're right now. I'm like trying to think of people that still do it. I think you need a lot of money because in addition to everything else, you need a nanny or some support. The people that I know that do it are loaded or very popular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or or I think naturally you have to take a few years off. Right? Which is a choice you have to do. Or often it's like the people that I do know that like often it's the man that's touring. Okay, right. Yeah. Yep. And so then the woman comes to join at certain times, you know, so it's different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard work. Like, the thing about Fringe, like, people are always saying to me, who pays for your flights? You know, like, oh, do you get paid? It's like, no. And, like, when you do Fringe as well, there's so much schlepping. Oh, yeah. That's the thing yeah. that's got to me. It's like I had to go and get my props, and then you have to Uber everywhere, and you're spending a fortune on Ubers to get your stuff to yeah. places. And and then, you know, I've been cycling everywhere, and then I got sick, which I'm not usually quite this deep-throated <laughs> voice. You know, I've been sick for Our five days. I'm loving it. Yeah, so I had to cycle, you know, and then I was like, I shouldn't have been cycling. I got sick but i'm tight mm-hmm. i'm like transit's three dollars oh no i'm gonna yeah, cycle yeah. and you know ah, and all that sort of stuff and just wears you down like, yeah. a little bit yeah and then you have a great like yesterday i had a fantastic show yeah we can yeah we can talk about fringe yeah. The, pros and cons. The, yeah. the the ups and downs are crazy yeah and i think without the friends yeah it would be just it, it would just be crazy yeah, yeah. speaking yeah. of the schlepping though like i can't imagine then adding a a baby carriage or a fucking stroller, like even to go to Edinburgh, I have to bring a table. I have to bring a massage table. It's like necessary, you and know. You can't get one there. You can't get one there. It's Come been on. no. I've I've tried. Anyway, it's a story. It's a story. It's a story. Yeah, Jesus. and uh, I just want to show up there and know. I use the table a lot, and I just want to. I don't want to show up there. Is it a modified massage table? Yeah, like it, and it it looks good. I think it looks good. We, I, I loved your show. The, People go and see the show in Edinburgh. Okay, it was a great but, show. Uh, no, I'm I'm still trying to source one out if someone comes through. But when I've reached out so far people haven't because people are traveling as well even if they're coming from london what about a massage therapist well we can talk about this okay okay well anyway i'm still i'm still searching but right now as it stands i'm bringing a fucking massage table with me to edinburgh so that's some excess baggage yeah exactly it's all that you know and that's already causing me stress of schlepping Mm. around and i'm bringing a giant baby head as well you know which i can't find there so it's only extra baggage and so i imagine traveling with car seats and strollers and it's stuff. a nice metaphor isn't it all this yeah. excess baggage yeah. that you're taking yes, exactly. with you exactly yeah <laughs> yeah i have a barrel in my I, show and my friend was like maybe you can make a barrel that's a suitcase i'm like no i know i yeah. will find a barrel Did, you I found drink. that here yeah yeah okay you're still working on it we'll, we'll talk about that in another time yeah. of, of finding myself a, a massage table <laughs> All right, so I, I guess what your biggest advantage to not having children for both of you would be the the touring aspect because that's what you guys do. Yeah, and the the not like the not having responsibility for mm-hmm. like I don't even have a plant. Like okay. that's how little responsibility I want in my I life. I did get one little one. I try and water it. I, I had a like plant, that. and then I went away for a week, and I came back, and my flatmates hadn't watered, and it was dead. Yeah. So I was like, plastic flowers from now on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like a, an animal is way too much. Yeah. You know, like no, there's no. I have no responsibility. I love being responsibility free. Mm-hmm. It okay. is pretty cool. I can at the drop of a hat do anything, go anywhere. Yeah. And I love that. Okay. Personally. Um, I mean, I love doing my work. And and don't you think that that sort of, I don't want to say anything replaces a child, but in a way that that's sort of our baby. That's what I say. Like they're it's, sort of, yeah, it totally is. you know, like we yeah. create and in just a different way. And yeah. there's some bloody birth pains. I'll tell you what, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. Birthing a new show. It's yeah. like, we can go into that whole metaphor of, of the creation of that and Christ, yeah. the carrying around the shit for nine months of what you're going to do and when it's going to open and all of that, you know? Oh yeah. And it was about a nine month gestation period for this show. Like lots of research mm-hmm. then writing and then workshops and, yeah, I mean, I don't really think of them as as like right. that for me. Like, um, but it's okay, totally really. True. Oh, I always compare my work to like birthing a mm. 
giving birth. And then, well, but then the, the advantage is if I if I'm really not happy with it, I just yeah, exactly. I just chuck, <laughs> chuck it out or start over. Right? I do because I did a show about beauty pageants. It was a good show, but no one came. So yeah, I just threw that in the trash. So you right. certainly can't do that with a child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And also, you know, like, because there's horrible stories of child abuse and abandonment mm. and stuff like that. And, like, I look at a little baby and I'm like, how anyone could hurt one mm-hmm. or abandon one oh. is just incomprehensible to me. And I would have to pull all my love, you know, to try and make sure, you know, there's a Philip Larkin poem. It's something mm. like, they fuck you up, your parents do, and then you have children and then you fuck them up too. You know, like, so you got to try not to do that. And a lot of parents still, you know, don't do that. But. To me, it's the biggest responsibility yeah. to try and craft a person to keep the world going that doesn't degenerate into just yeah. shit fight, which sometimes it is. Anyway, so I, I would I would take that very seriously. Okay. Do people ever um, bring children to your show? Yes. You know, both of your shows are not for children, but has that ever happened? Yes. And, you know, yesterday there was a baby okay. in a lineup for the show before mine, and I was saying, do they want children in their show? And they were, oh, we can't stop them. I'm like... Yes, you can. Is there no regulation? They said we can't. We can't stop them coming in. In Fort McMurray, in 2013, I had a woman come in with a two-year-old and a baby. The two-year-old was running around constantly, and the baby was screaming. After a minute, I just dropped character. Usually, I sort of in character, but I just dropped character and said, "I'm sorry, you have to leave." And you know, and and they left, and then I got a round of applause from everybody else because it's like I'm not a babysitter yeah. and I'm not a television. Wow. I get so easily distracted as soon as something happens in the audience. Yeah, like to me that was that was that was selfish. Like I I know it's hard to get out of the house, mm-hmm. but don't come to a live theater show. Yeah, you know? that that's hard. Go to one of those baby movie things. Yeah, there's lots of <laughs> yeah experiences exactly. for them. And Deanna, I know you put on your fly. You put not suitable for children. I say adults children. only, and yeah, that works. It does I mean, work. like okay. you know, there are some. I've occasionally like I had a very cool like she might have been eight or nine, holy cow, or ten at one of my shows. Wow. And then she ended up in a workshop of mine that I did for kids and she was delightful and she loved my show and like, great, you know, but I think in general, that's some pretty liberal parents because you had nudity all over it. I mean, I, I told, I mean, I told, we told them going in, like, this is not a show for kids. And they were like, it's fine. And she was fine. Like it was fine for her, but, but in general. Yeah. yeah, Cause I think, I think the children of, of actors are often like they're exposed to more, you know, like I had a friend, she opened for me when I did wanting men, she brought her. I think they were five and seven, mm. right? And there's a vibrator, and it's the worst it gets. But I, you know, she's like, "Oh, they've seen it all. Don't worry," you know. And then they came, and I found, although her children were maybe okay with it, they still to this day ask her what a vibrator is. But I found that the audience that's, was uncomfortable. That's exactly because what they I was didn't understand say. why there's these two young children. It affects the vibe of the room. Like yeah. in Edinburgh, I had like a. This is in 2004. I had like an eight-year-old in my audience. And, and yeah, the, her aunt was like, oh, she'll be fine. It's great. And I had all, all, every manner of swear mm. word in that show. And everybody else was like, oh, you can't say fuck. Oh, you can't mm. say that. Oh, God, God, God. And so when somebody else has tried to bring a kid into – not these, the shows I'm doing currently are, are okay, but yeah. my previous cabaret comedy shows were filth, yeah. you know, uh-huh. which is my natural state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and I was just like, it's not about them. It's about everybody else Yeah, that just goes, oh, God, oh, God. And it ruins the vibe in the room, I found. So it's amazing that that didn't happen for you. That's good. The worst about doing the show now of being on the fence, whether to have kids or not, someone brought their kids. Like, that's really awkward. Like, I'm doing a show about basically a lot of reasons why I don't want to have children. And then there was children in the audience. That was super uncomfortable. Yeah, that would be uncomfortable. 
I did have one once in Adelaide in 2006 when there was a little kid, he was, but it was at the back of the room, uh-huh. so no one had seen he was there. And then I asked for audience volunteers, and this tiny little hand shoots up, and I was like, holy shit. And this nine-year-old kid come bounding up onto the stage to be a man-ho. So he had to do some dance, so I thought, why not? So I taught him yeah. pelvic thrusting, and I was like, this will come in useful <laughs> later on. And I got these big laughs, but it was like, thankfully he'd only yeah. noticed him at the very end, and then it was like corrupting youth and hilarious. Yeah. But yeah. And uh, I just want to talk, you guys both have partners, were that your partners, I'm just, you know, good segue here. I don't know. Um, were you guys, were your partners ever pressuring you or interested in having kids or it was the same, like whatever you want? Well, my okay. husband was engaged to another woman that they were together oh. for 11 years. I never knew this. Story. Yes. Okay. And they were only six months away from getting married when they oh. broke up. And I think they were planning on having mm. children. But he was never a whole different life for him. A very different life. Yeah. And so, but then, then that didn't work and they broke up and, um, yeah. And then he was like, no, I I don't want to do that. Like he's the one that often goes, yeah, no kids, like this sort of stuff. So, and thank God, like I feel so bad for people that are conflicted in their relationships. Yeah. You know, like he and I are very much on the same page about most things, which makes life a lot easier. I mean, I think most people talk about it before they make that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think that my partner is less, uh, yeah, I think that he's more ambivalent or even less interested in it than I am. Although I think he'd be a better, like, I think he'd be a more devoted parent in some ways than I would be. So that's sort of the irony about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that before you get, like, at our age, like, before you get really serious with somebody, like, you have those conversations, yeah, yeah, totally. you know? Totally. Yeah. And I think you're very silly if you don't. Yeah. Which I have heard some people that don't, you know, like, and then they get married and then it's like, yeah, so no, I don't understand that, yeah, like I don't understand. I always had to be with someone that was open to it. Yeah, you know? like when I'm, I was, I was yeah. like, I don't need to have children. It's, I'm open to not having children, but just that there was an option, yeah. you know, that you could talk about. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's so funny. I think that we should. <laughs> it's like we should all get tested to see if we can have kids. Like a lot mm-hmm. of my friends have had IVF. Like quite a lot of my friends. Really, and one, before they like they were trying for a while though. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like okay. one friend particularly. Friend, of my sister's tried for ages, and she's just had her baby, and she's forty-five. Wow! Yeah, and she like IV like loads, and then like a number of different men as well f- f- found you know Mister Forever After. Then you know, and then just kept trying, kept trying. And one of my friends is a fertility expert, which I can't believe I'm at an age yeah. where I have fertility expert. I'm sh- I'm far too young for that, but no, I'm not. Um, and then she had IVF as well, so she was very much on board, and she's helped a lot of my other friends. I know it's so expensive though. That it whole is. Process, it's about ten thousand dollars around in New Zealand. I don't know what it's. Yeah. Like here, you know, and just that yearning that I feel so sorry for them that I'm just so happy that I don't. Yeah, I know. I think that's what we all have in common. Yeah. Like we never were dying to yeah. have a child, you Which know. So but those women do. that really want that, and then it's not happening for them, that really is heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. And that's why when people say, "Oh, don't you want kids?" It's so insensitive because mm-hmm. somebody might have been like just burst into tears at that because they've gone through four rounds of IVF and they can't have them, and somebody asks an insensitive question like that. Mm-hmm. I think people have to monitor. You know, it's amazing how people think they can get in your business. Absolutely. Like, you know, when you're doing a show, like I had a man come up to me the other day and say, I'd like, I think I'd like to see you do some different material. It's like, oh, okay, because you've said that, I will abandon my previous life's trajectory. Or or I saw your post. Didn't someone say they loved everything about it, but you were a bit full on or something? Yeah, that's this guy. It was the same guy. Yeah, he said you were a bit like a jackhammer. I'd like to see you see in some some different material. You know this man? No. He just randomly came up to you. Just with some male entitlement, came up to tell me how I should do my career. Yeah. I love how people tell us what we should be doing. Oh, it's great. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and people just, because you're on stage, they feel that they can say whatever they want to you. Uh Often get, oh, you're a lot thinner than I thought you were. Or, 
you know, yeah, like in person. Oh, you're, you're, yeah. Sorry, totally. I wasn't even saying anything. My jaw was just on the floor. Like, who says that? Yeah. I mean, I frankly, I to just play devil's advocate. I think that I think that art is a conversation, mm-hmm. and I think that we as performers are conversation starters. And sometimes the conversation yeah. we get back isn't necessarily the yeah. conversation that we want. I guess we, we have to be open to that. Right? Oh, we have no, to be no, open no. to that, and we have to just release like. You just release the fact that that guy, I mean, yeah, that guy's a douchebag, but like, you know, I think that we start a conversation when we get on stage and I think that, that we, we can't always get the conversation of like, oh my God, you're so good. I wish I were you or I love everything you do. Like, that's not always what comes back to us. I I don't get that all the time. Well, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't need to be told I'm amazing, but I just don't need you to give me personal things about like my, you know, like if I've asked you, then full full steam ahead you know like i asked you after my show like people that i respect i want to know what people think but i don't need some dude coming up on the street to tell me that i should do different material you know like if i've asked him fine you know or if he's a reviewer oh, yeah this is this is a it. whole interesting topic to get yeah. in it is it's, right? a, it's, it's a it's yeah. a side topic but yeah. i think i mean something that that is resonating for me as we're sitting here is like i mean something that i love about penny and one of the reasons why i like love penny <laughs> is because and love being around penny is because penny is so fucking clear oh yeah she's so clear and she knows who she is and what she wants and she's just like she's just like a a rock that way and i really appreciate that no bs and that's not i mean and that's not um that's not my energy at all and i'm not like she's like penny's like yeah i don't want kids i feel great about this everything's my choices are great and i love my choices and i'm super sitting on my vertical in the world and it's all good and i'm not like that and i think i'm much more i think that i go through life much more ambivalently about my choices and i also think that that's fine like i think that like it's totally totally, i mean i think that some people are super clear about not wanting which is amazing and i'm envious good for them and like that's like fucking great and like i think i will always be like huh there could have been this whole other yeah, possibility well, that's still for my existence. Now, yeah. and I'm also there may still a, be that, and I don't know yeah. the answer to that. And I'm more like people pleaser. That's why, which I, you know, like no one can decide for me. Should I have kids? Should I? But I'm always like, what do people think I should do? Where I was like, I need to make the fucking decision. Yeah, you know? fully. So I, yeah. I also I'm envious of someone who has made that choice and 100 percent are committed and feel good about it. I'm, yeah, I relate a little bit more to you, Dana, where I'm still like, I don't know, or what would that life be like, or you know, yeah, I know, and that's what I was gonna say. One thing I've always, I was always very happy about that because I saw the pain in other people Mm -hmm. and you know I could have easily had that pain but yeah but part part of this is when I whenever I talk to women on this like women who have children they always sell it to me like a lot of women you know they they have beautiful stories and very inspiring things to tell me about being a mother or their kids and that's always really wonderful to hear and then there's the other side of like oh I don't have children and it's great and you know so I think ultimately it's just about being happy in your own choice and moving forward and and you've chosen totally my friend said to me that having children was like giving birth to her heart and watching it walk around outside her body Mm. and i was like holy shit that sounds exhausting Mm. (laughs) i don't want to do that but that's amazing and like her kids are such a source of pride for her and you know i think i got it a bit more with my mom like i didn't see my parents for three years i moved to London when I was 21 as you know I was like I'm out of New Zealand it's so boring and then I was like New Zealand's awesome (laughs) I'll try it because it is it's beautiful but um so I was in London I hadn't seen them for three years and the hug that I got after I they came over to see us lasted for however long and I was like oh this is like a a deeper level that I don't think you really get until you're older and you're so I mean for me I was so I embarrassed about how entitled and and you know like of course you should pay for my dance lessons and that like I was so lucky so privileged and I had no idea Mm -hmm. and I think when you get older you appreciate that more and you also appreciate 
they love a lot more. Yeah. It's making me I know. <laughs> no, I know. Like, on that note, every, you know, family is everything. It's just families defined in different ways, I guess. Oh, but, yeah. You know, but but I, I have that with my mother, too. I have such a close relationship with her, you know, which, again, I talk about in the show, but I always say I could never be that kind of mother that she is to me, like, because I don't have the same passion. I don't think that she does. But though, I think until you have a child, you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. You know, that's what everybody says, you know, like, and I'm that that's what makes sense to me that you, you know, and that's how the human race keeps going for the Mm -hmm. most part, because people feel the need to protect the young. Okay, well, um, this has been a beautiful podcast. We've been covered so <laughs> emotion, much. Emotion, emotion We're all just crying here. Yeah. That's what happens. Tell we're artists, yeah. right? <laughs> Very dramatic. Um, is there anything else you guys want to add about anything on this topic? No, no? I don't think so. Okay, but I just think, yeah. you know, like, if you feel pressured from other people, don't. Just yeah. listen to what's inside and respond to that. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, just like we artists get all precious about our shows – People and to the next level, people get really um, quite precious about their children and they feel that they're I and I understand that the I think that the procreative urge makes us feel that we're involved in something that's bigger than us. Mm. Um, And I think that that's beautiful. And I also think that there's ways in which we can be really small and, and think that our little procreative urge is like the most important thing in the world, our show, our children, whatever. And that's also like something I think we need to check. So it's just interesting, I think, the ways in which, like, I, it's just interesting to me that we tap into something that that releases our generosity, but it also releases our selfishness and our self-involvement. Mm-hmm. All, all artists, parents, all that. Yeah. Mm. Like, how my friends with children were very happy to wait me, make me wait half an hour to come and see me because, oh, you know, this, that, and the next thing. And you're like... You know, and because you, you don't understand how hard it is to get out of the house, but I've been sitting here for an hour, half an hour, three quarters of an hour waiting for you, you know, and it's like my time isn't as important as a mother's time. Sometimes that rankles, but yet I don't understand. So, you know, so it's interesting sometimes that way. That's a vaguely okay. negative note. There's lots to think about. So we're, we're going to end on that note. Um, again, I want to thank Penny Ashton so much and Deanna Fleischer for being here today and chatting. It's been a World Fringe Day. This has been our special Fringe podcast. And these two ladies have incredible shows. So one more time, uh, you've got a few days to still see them. Uh, Olive Copperbottom uh-huh. at the Miles Nadell. Is, yes. is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. I should it's know also, that, Peter. Yeah. Because you, you probably have a, a worldwide listenership. Uh, also... <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. Everyone will hear this. Yes, going to Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, and Victoria. Okay, yeah, plug it. Absolutely. And then Deanna is Butt Kapinski. Yeah. Um, She's been here once before many years ago, so if you didn't catch the show then... Now is your chance. I don't know when she'll get back here. Don't um, know. <laughs> so catch her. And she's at St. Vlad's on Spadina. And she's also going to Edinburgh. Edinburgh yeah. And uh, you can catch her there. So thanks for listening. Um, All Kidding Aside podcast. I've been your host, Crystal Bartelzi. That's been our podcast, All Kidding Aside. I've been your host, Crystal Bartelzi. And if you like what you're listening to, why not go on iTunes and subscribe? And you can even leave us a review. Five stars would be amazing. And if you want to get in touch with us with any comments or questions, you can reach us at allkiddingasidepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.